Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. What's trending on Money FM 89.3? Welcome to What's Trending. I'm Hong Bin Jung. And it's another Singapore fintech festival special. Corporate and investment banks are gradually adopting generative AI, which promises earnings growth, improvements to decision making, and better risk management. But that said, the use of AI also comes with new risks, concerns, and costs that banks will have to manage. Despite the challenges, though, the financial and banking sector are in a prime position to leverage AI to achieve a competitive advantage. Provide attractive products and strengthen their customer base. So, to find out more about the impact of generative AI on the financial and banking industry, I'm pleased to be joined with me now here at the Singapore FinTech Festival, Thomas Donkey, who is the CEO of GitHub. Hi, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today. So, Thomas, you know AI has taken the center stage. Yeah. How have generative AI impacted the financial and banking sector? So far this year, I mean, how are corporate and investment banks tackling generative AI at the moment? Yeah, if you look at banks, you know they're all software companies. They all have software developers that have been writing code. Many of them as far back as the 1960s in an old language called COBOL, running on mainframes. And as they're looking at their software development processes right now, they're seeing opportunity with generative AI making that process easier, letting developers build more code and handle more code in the same amount of time. At GitHub, we build a product called GitHub Copilot, the first Copilot that was out there.、Uh, it's in market already over a year,、mm-hmm. and. We are seeing that in those files where developers are using Copilot, almost half of the code is written by the generative AI product. So that's amazing, right? Yeah, it is. And we'll dive into Copilot a lot more later in the discussion. But Thomas, you know the acceptance of AI has picked up this year, with、yeah. many business leaders questioning how they can incorporate generative AI into their businesses to make their you know companies more productive. So, how has the pickup of generative AI been so far? It's been amazing. I actually think software developers are the first part of the workforce that have truly embraced generative AI,、okay. both in their own processes, you know, by using Copilot within their process, building software, writing code, analyzing code, debugging it, but also in using generative AI to build their own products. Right? It's kind of like two sides.、Mm-hmm. I use it in my own process, and I use it for building cool new、right. products. It's a great thing. So, how is GitHub, which you know is now 15 years old?、Yeah. Congratulations! How is GitHub playing a role in our tech ecosystem, and how does AI fit into all of this? GitHub was founded 15 years ago on you know Git. It's a technology to have all the history of your source code available. Version control is that in、okay. the industry term. And so for the last 15 years, many both open source projects have stored their source code on GitHub and have collaborated around the world on these open source projects. And many enterprises, many banks, many financial services institutions are using GitHub Enterprise to manage their internal process. And what we have seen now in the last year, more actually in the last three years, is that generative AI plays a new role. Three years ago, we looked into GPT-3. Back then, the state-of-the-art <laughs> model. Now we're at four, right?、Yeah. And looked into how can we use GPT-3 to make developers more productive? Can it help us to write code? And we figured out that it's actually very good at doing this of giving developers an idea what comes next. You know, what's the next line of code or the next method? We call this boilerplate code. A lot of the filler code that you have to write, and it makes developers 55% more productive、oh. by using generative AI within their code writing process. They can actually be 
be faster in mm-hmm. innovating. And I was on stage with David Walker from Westpac earlier, and they confirmed our results in their own internal study, okay. and they saw 46% more productive, wow. right? And 46%, 55%, 50% more productivity. That is crazy. If you yeah. had 5% in a production line, you would be more than happy. Mm-hmm. We are seeing 40 to 50% in gains. Lots of developments there. I mean, GitHub has recently made some major announcements as well to improve developer productivity through the power of AI, mm-hmm. including your AI pair programming tool, Copilot. Tell us more about Copilot. Yeah, so I already you know, mentioned that uh, we started three years ago looking yeah. into the model and we thought, okay, so what can we do to compensate for the downside of the model. You know, hallucinations has been something that's in the tech media. Mm-hmm. We know that these models are not perfect. Sometimes they're writing imperfect answers. And we realized if we put the model, the suggestions into the developer's environment mm-hmm. and just giving them an idea of what could come next, right. we actually can balance that out. We can balance the risks of AI and the downsides with the productivity gains that are clearly visible through the, the metrics I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so by building Copilot into the developer's editor, by we say that meeting the developers where they are, mm-hmm. we enable them to gain those productivity statistics and at the same time we know from talking to the developers from survey data that they're incredibly more happy, more right. fulfilled by using it. I see. I mean, it seems like GitHub has seen substantial uptake among customers on Wall Street as well. Yeah. What are they seeking in its use of Copilot? Yeah, in our last earnings call, Microsoft's last earnings call, we yeah. announced that more than 37,000 organizations have signed up for Copilot Business wow. and more than uh, 1 million paid users on Copilot mm-hmm. right now. And so when you look at the banks, they're really excited about these productivity gains, but they're also excited about managing all the old code, the legacy code, the COBOL code that sits in their organizations, mm-hmm. you know, by being able to highlight code and say, tell me what that code is doing. Mm-hmm. And you can actually not only do that in English, you can also do it in German, Brazilian, Portuguese, yeah. and in Bahasa, and almost any language that has enough, you know, data on the internet for OpenAI to train the model on. So it gives people an understanding of the code base that sits in all these banks, mm-hmm. right? And then they can say, okay, I want to test that code. I want to, you know, transform it into a m- more modern programming language. It gives developers the superpower of a second brain that is always with them and that allows them you know to get their job done faster and with a higher level of fulfillment i love that phrase a second brain. the second brain <laughs> <laughs> well in the long run how will copilot help to revolutionize the banking industry i mean what can consumers expect I think, you know, the one thing that we easily forget is that obviously the banks are already using AI when Mm -hmm. somebody is putting fraud on your credit card. You might get an email saying they detected a charge that that's not valid and they found that out through a machine learning Mm -hmm. algorithm that knows a little bit about you and where you live and what you typically buy and they know that at 3 a.m. you're typically (laughs) sleeping and not buying coffee makers, right? So (laughs) banks are already leveraging AI and machine learning probability machines, if you will, to predict is that a proper charge or not. Mm-hmm. With Generative and AI and Copilot, they're making the developers more productive. And oh. we think this will come into you know every part of the developer lifecycle and ultimately into every part of the professional lifecycle that you have. Little AI features, little co-pilots mm. available to as a banker, you mm-hmm. know, as an analyst, as a software engineer, to get more work done in the same amount of time and ultimately now handling all the amounts of data that is ever increasing every single day, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you think the software development discipline, my developers write way more code every day than they're deleting code. (laughs) So as we go through 15 years of GitHub and many banks go through, you know, the 50s or even 100th anniversary, they're sitting on millions, if not billions of lines of code. Mm -hmm. So we need assistance. We need co-pilots to deal with all that amount of data and information. 
I see, I see. If you're just joining us now, we're currently speaking to Thomas Domke, who is the CEO of GitHub, about the impact of generative AI on the financial and banking sector. So, Thomas, while there are many opportunities opening up due to AI, as you've mentioned, risks still remain. What are the risks that, and how can we manage AI's risk even amid massive growth? Yeah, I would divide that into you know, three areas. One is the risk of the model, you know, harming humans. Mm-hmm. And at Microsoft, we have something called responsible AI mm-hmm. principles and a responsible AI program. So every time a new version of the model is trained, we're testing that model. It's very similar to testing software, making sure the quality is good. The model is outputting only text that is ethical, you know, that complies with Singaporean and, or any uh, law of any country. And uh, making sure, you know, the use of AI is within the framework of our society. The second one is regulation, and that is a risk because today we don't have clear AI regulations. Many countries are getting on that path. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spoke earlier today about the European AI Act. The Biden administration just had an executive order on that topic. So we need to push forward on that regulation. Our governments need to hear uh, diverse opinions, not only from the tech industry, but from many other stakeholders, and then hopefully come up with regulation that allow us to minimize the risks and leverage the biggest opportunity possible. And one big challenge there is that, you know, we live in many countries and many banks have employees in different countries here in the ASEAN region. Mm -hmm. Now imagine Singapore has one kind of regulation and Indonesia has another one and Australia has one, and then developers in one country have more benefits from AI than in another country. So we need some kind of harmonization right. of AI and of AI regulation. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, and I call that the productivity polarity, mm-hmm. which is there's the companies that are really embracing AI, they're jumping chip, they're getting the productivity gains, and then there are those that are waiting. And I think those that are waiting, those countries, governments, and also companies that are not embracing AI right now, they're going to be left behind. They're going to have not these productivity gains and ultimately not survive in the age of co-pilot. Right. I see. I see. So what work still needs to be done then? How can organizations you know, find the right balance that allows them to reap the benefits of AI while also protecting against its inherent risks? Yeah, and obviously the governments need to come up with that regulation because it gives organizations or mm-hmm. corporations a safe legal framework and the organizations need to start thinking now about mm-hmm. how they can invest into generative AI. How can they you know, roll out co-pilot to their population of developers? Maybe they do a pilot first of the co-pilot <laughs> to see you know, what is the impact on their engineering culture. Mm-hmm. Think about the culture change that the organization needs to go through, not only to adopt co-pilot, to really adopt generative AI practices, see how generative AI, large language models, can impact you know their business processes mm-hmm. I mean, you know their products i can kind of imagine already a future with where gen z doesn't want to go to a banking web page anymore <laughs> they just go to to a co-pilot and say yeah. what's my balance and oh, and wow. you know via ten dollars to adrian <laughs> and not deal with you know all these emails and passwords and mm. second factor authentication and then going through some user interface that somebody designed you know within the brand language of the bank instead of just having you know my chat assistant available to me same for booking flights, booking trips, right? We're living in a world of YouTube and TikTok. Soon enough, we're going to live in a world of ChatGPT and Copilot. Oh, wow. I am super excited. I'm super excited to not be able to have that (laughs) two-factor authentication. But, you know, some experts say banks and wider, you know, financial services sector, they are poised to benefit from savings arising from generative artificial intelligence to tune of around $200 
billion U.S. dollars to 340 billion dollars annually. So, could generative AI potentially save banks billions of dollars? I mean, what economic potential could we see? We actually did a study earlier this year where we looked okay. at Copilot and the impact on just the developer space, okay. the software development space. And we believe that with the current technology that we have available right now, not even factoring all the innovation that's likely going to come in the years ahead of us, by 2030 we will see an impact on the global GDP of 1.5 trillion US dollars, just just through developer tools. So I think you know we're talking trillions of dollars for the economy, through developer tools, trillions of dollars, you know, in other sectors of the professional workforce. Mm -hmm. And as such, I think the banks will benefit greatly from this. Whether it's making their software engineering processes more productive, whether it allows them to move from these old code bases into modern code bases, which not only brings you savings in terms of you know uh, the workforce, but it brings you also savings in terms of getting off these old mainframes right. that are very expensive to operate into what we call the cloud, you know, mm -hmm. having a much more scalable system available to right, them. Right. And before we let you go here, Thomas, yes. what does the future of the banking and finance industry look like with AI in full force? I hope exciting. <laughs> I hope it's going to be an exciting world, one where it's easier to access, you know, as a consumer, I want, yeah. you know, all my banking function to be more easily accessible. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, security. I want security baked in. I want compliance to baked in. I want to be able to just go to Copilot and say, do my banking transactions. Mm -hmm. And the flip side of that is, you know, if you look internally in the bank, is I think a lot of these processes will get easier for the bank. And even auditing and regulation will get easier because the auditor, when they look at, you know, source code, and data, they can just ask the model, ask the co-pilot, yeah. you know, what am I seeing there? Is it compliant with Singaporean regulations? Mm -hmm. And find the things that they couldn't find before. Mm -hmm. So I think we will see a big optimization and we'll see a co-pilot really in every part of work and of mm -hmm. our lives. Hopefully one day we don't have to download millions of apps and we'll just have <laughs> one app on our phone and we'll be co-pilot. I think so. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Thomas, for joining me today. Thank you. This was really fun. We've been speaking to Thomas Domke, who is a CEO of GitHub about the impact of generative AI on the financial and banking sector. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play. And that's a wrap for today's episode. But before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tian's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu, and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.